Here we are on this last Sunday of 2015, an opportunity to look back on the year, to think back about all of the surprises that have occurred over this year, all of the many blessings, all of the trials and tribulations, the relationships that have grown, changes in our lives. But it is a hinge Sunday because it is also looking forward to a new year. Uh, the, The opportunities of 2016, what will happen then? Our vision maybe can only... Uh, go as far as a couple of days forward. Who knows what 2016 will hold for us? We try to imagine and we try to prepare or hope. And, of course, this is in the hands of God. But today is appropriate, then, that we gather to use uh, one of the prayers of the church's first prayer book, the Psalms, to uh, kind of bring focus and perspective to this hinge Sunday of our lives. It's uh, one of the last psalms in the book of Psalms, so it's, it's a part of a group of four psalms that all have the same function, the same theme, that sing in the same key, and you'll, you'll get it pretty quickly. Let us listen for the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights above. Praise God, all God's angels. Praise God, all heavenly hosts. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. Praise God, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God commanded, and they were created. God set them in place forever and ever. God gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do God's bidding, you mountains and hills, all trees and cedars, wild animals, all cattle, small creatures, flying birds, kings of the earth and of all the nations, You princes and rulers on earth, young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for God's name alone is exalted. God's splendor is above the earth and the heavens. God has raised up for God's people a horn, the praise of all of God's saints, of Israel, the people close to God's heart. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 
How much time do you spend praising God? Makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I hear some people describe heaven as, we'll just be sitting around praising God all the time. Doesn't sound that appealing. I I don't know. My bad, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I don't really understand what it means. You can't imagine. But praise God. And you're thinking, two days after Christmas? I'm just in recovery. I haven't even caught up on my sleep. The wrapping paper is up to the eaves. The boxes are everywhere. Praise God. We're singing joy to the world one last time, hoping to hang on. Twelve days, Steve? Really? You think that's realistic? Twelve days of joy and praise with my troubles, with the things that I'm facing, the the things that I have to go back to now that the distractions of Christmas are over. Praise God. Praise God. Here, praise God at Riverside Presbyterian Church. Presbyterians praising When was the last time we stood up and raised our hands? I mean, don't other people do it better? They have praise bands and praise songs. But it was Calvin who said that the chief end, the chief purpose of life is to glorify God and to enjoy God. Sounds a little bit like praise. We know we're supposed to praise God every day. How many of us really do that? It's really not so easy. It's not our habit. I think for many of us, we wouldn't know what it would look like to praise God. What does a life look like that praises God? We may think about God very well. We may do good deeds faithfully but when it comes to praise well we're maybe just a little skeptical a little guarded I mean I could tell you about all the health benefits of praise it lowers our blood pressure it makes us more centered and focused Um, it might even reduce our, our caloric intake I don't know but All of that seems pretty inauthentic, doesn't it? When somebody just tells you, praise God, does that just evoke some sort of emotional response? Psalm 148 tells us that all of existence is supposed to be praising God. From the galaxies to the sea monsters, fire and snow... Old people, young people, men, women, children, all together. Humans sharing together with all other created things the command to praise God. Remember the song, This is my Father's World, and to my listening ears all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. 
We're called to share in that music. But how do pine trees and bugs praise God? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever gone outside and you found yourself somewhere and you've looked around and you've thought, I wonder if that mountain is praising God. Is that tree praising God? Is that wave somehow praising God? Maybe just by being itself, by being what it is created to be, it is glorifying God and enjoying God. In the, in the year 1224, St. Francis of Assisi wrote a, wrote a song called Canticle of the Sun. Most high, all-powerful, all-good Lord, all praise is yours, all glory, all blessing. To you alone, most high, do they belong. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially through my brother son, who brings the day. You give light through him, and he is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. Be praised, my Lord, through sister moon and the, and the other stars in the heavens. You have made them bright and precious and beautiful. Be praised, my Lord, through brother wind and air and clouds and storms and all the weather through which you give your creatures sustenance. Be praised, my Lord, through sister water. She is very useful and humble and precious and pure. Be praised, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you brighten the sky. He is beautiful and cheerful and powerful and strong. Be praised, my Lord, through our sister, Mother Earth, who feeds us and rules us and produces various fruits and colored flowers. And so it would seem that in Psalm 148, praise is not a measured, thought-out expression. It is more of a volcanic eruption, an irresistible, reflexive response, not even by words, but by being. And so maybe we can learn how to praise, not so much by trying to pay God more compliments, but simply by paying more attention. More attention to those things that seem to be praising God so well. Noticing how the rest of creation is doing it. But praise is not only addressed to God. Praise is human speech, and it happens in this world. Walter Brueggemann suggests that praise does its work among humans as much as it does in the heavenly courts. It is not only a religious act, it is a social and a political act. The, the church praises God and creates a new world of imagination. The church praises the world of God's new creation 
and in that process delegitimates all other worlds as false. Let me see if I can put that in different language. As appropriate to Psalm 148 and all the language about nature and creation, how could we praise God with all of creation and join our voices to the choir of nature while spoiling and abusing nature? We couldn't. We can't. That's a contradiction. And so there is an ethical and a social implication to our praise. Similarly, there is a contradiction between praising God from whom all blessings flow. All blessings flow. And then bowing to the gods of commerce as if they are ultimate. There is a contradiction between calling Jesus Lord and then following other emperors. The praise of God stands over against the praise of anything else as ultimate. When we say, praise Jesus, really what we're saying is, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the peacemakers. We're saying with Jesus that we will not repay evil for evil. We are saying with Jesus, let the one who has not sinned cast the first stone. We are saying with Jesus that death does not have the last word. So what keeps us from praising God a little more than we do? I can't speak for you, but I know that for me, I get so wrapped up in doing other things, you know, preparing sermons or planning meetings, uh, returning phone calls, all sorts of activities that are so important. Who has time to just praise God? And is that really all that important compared to all the other important things one must do. How can you praise God when you've got little kids tonguing at your hem and you've got two loads of laundry to do? How can you praise God when, when you've got about 300 emails to return when you return to work? We praise, we, we have struggle praising God because there is so much anxiety about doing what we think we need to do and we're so used to to making sure that we meet everyone else's approval in doing all those things. And I think also I'm afraid, afraid to let go of those other idols, the idols of, of success and performance, of, of economic security, of whatever idols may have formed a home in my heart. It's very easy to say, well, can I just, can I praise Jesus religiously, but then bow to these other idols in the other parts of my life? 
And of course we know that is the worst kind of idolatry. But it keeps me from praising God. You know, I praise God most easily in three places. One is almost anywhere outdoors where I can notice the natural world. Are you like that? It is so easy to praise God outside when I'm noticing the wonder of creation. Just paying attention. The second place where I find it easier to praise God is in community. When I'm with other people, people, especially when there's a diversity of people who would never be together except because of the grace of God. When when I see a community functioning in the way that, that Christ has called us to be, loving one another, bearing one another's burdens, forgiving each other, accepting one another as we have been accepted. You see, that, that to me is it's a miracle and it's something to praise God for. It's easy to do that when I see that happening. It's not frequent, but it happens. And then the third place where I find it easy to praise God is when I see the hand of God at work in human lives. It's one of the great privileges of my work is I get to see a lot of that. I see God's hand at work in many lives. In in some of the worst situations, in some of the toughest circumstances, tremendous faith, integrity, courage, the healing of reconciliation between people. I've seen it even here. And, you know, that, when you see that, don't don't you just find it easy to praise God? Because you know that without the grace of God, somehow that would not have worked out. So while we are called to give voice to praise and to praise God while we're alone, I think it's even more important to praise God together. I think the biblical pattern of praise is mostly communal and it is mostly nonverbal. It is mostly what we do with our lives. It is mostly the everyday way we operate and treat people, the way we take time to pay attention to what is going on in our lives and in the world. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn, of faithful praise. Amen.